you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode one eighteen. What's up, Neil? What's up, buddy? Been a while, man. Yeah, man. Welcome back. So it's hard to believe I woke up in Bismarck, North Dakota, this morning, <laughs> and got here about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, man, I, dude. When I was when I rang your doorbell, I thought, I don't know if he's here or not. Yeah. I really didn't know if you were here. Yeah. You must have just got here. So we made it. So I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to have a bourbon. I got that, you know how you get that greasy, grimy feel when you're on an airplane all day yeah, long, dude. sitting around. I think it's called COVID. But <laughs> 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 well, we get to start off with a great guest tonight, George Stearman. Yeah. What's up, George? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Long time. I've been... Trying to get in here for a while. Yeah, that man, man. You uh, sounds like you're in those years where you're just running around, kid, running kids around like a taxi driver. Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> Sorry, we chased them down. So, how old are your kids? Uh, I have a 16 year old, and my son just turned 13. My daughter, uh, my daughter's okay. 16. Yeah, yeah she's driving herself now. No, 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 not yet. She's uh, <laughs> still in, safe. The, in the process. Oh, I, I don't even <laughs> think about that. Oh, dude, about trust that. me, uh, I, I get it. Well, you know, so my my son is the oldest, and my daughter's two years younger than him. When our son turned sixteen, he he like just badgered us all the time. You know, he wanted to get his permit right away, get his license as soon as he could. I think he was still he was like one of the last ones you could get in thirty days. You know, oh, your license. Kid. And then my daughter, she had no interest in driving. She could care less about driving. Finally, she was going to graduate high school and go to college. And we were like, hey, Tia, you got to get your license. <laughs> you got to drive, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so they were complete opposites. Dude. <laughs> we, we were kind of hoping that our daughter was going to be like, well, I don't know if I want to drive. But I think her friends were kind of like, she's the first, she's the first oh, one to turn oh, 16. Okay. There you so, go. Yeah. Yeah. They, See, need, they need the rides. She, yeah. She can play this one for a lot of gas money if she does it right, you know. Like, hey, you know, oh, that's, what, know. that's what we <laughs> said. Yeah. You know. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Especially these days. Oh. Ooh. George, Dude. I see you brought us a bottle, man. What do we have? We have oh. some uh, good old Basil Hayden. Oh, I, uh, yeah. I'm not too up on all the bourbon. I like to drink the stuff, but I don't, you know. But <laughs> You're this, not picky, huh? I'm not picky, but this seems to be the bottle that I keep coming back to, so I yeah. thought I'd bring some of that tonight. So. That's a Rick Johnstone favorite, too, by the way. That's, He's a Basil Hayden. My dad's favorite is Basil Hayden. It's about as smooth as they come. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, let's crack that sucker, yeah, man. Let's, let's get it. drinking. Come on, let's hear Brad's that. Brad's been on a plane. He's ready to drink. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm uh, 
After the, after the <sighs> day I had, here, you guys go first. After the oh, day yeah. I had, I'm ready to drink. Dude, me too. I'm rain, 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 rain. I was like, are you kidding me with this shit? It was terrible. Tell you, the day was a bad day. I thought we got it all there. yesterday. And I looked out, I was at work and was looking out. I was like, man, it's like. Yeah, dude. You know, I was talking about being in Bismarck this morning. I wonder what it's like to be a postman in Bismarck in February. Cold as balls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <get> it. <laughs> Especially if you have a walking route. I guess you have to have snowshoes. <laughs> Gotta have like. But you like, know, another thing. There's no way they deliver the mail every day because yeah. you can drive 15, mail, 15 miles between mailboxes. Let me tell you something, buddy. Rain, sleet, <laughs> snow, or hail, we deliver. Do you think that? Do you think in an isolated area like yeah. uh, you know you get outside of Bismarck? So, so we we have a, a house in Carson, two hundred forty people. Hmm? It's an hour drive from 200, Bismarck. Two hundred and thirty-eight right now, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You drive from Bismarck to Carson takes an hour. And you probably pass three mailboxes in that hour. You mm. think those people are getting mail every day? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Holy cow. They need to raise the price well, of stamps. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's pre-sorted mail. So it's like, you know, an ad. And that's like eight cents. And then you go, all right, am I going to drive 14 miles to deliver this eight cent? And then you go, what if they got a letter they need to get out? Yeah. You got to go. I bet they don't do it every day, though. They're terrible mailmen if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, man. Good to be cheers, home. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Cheers, cheers my brothers. Cheers. Welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Always, Thank you all. Always good to be home, though. Oh, man. It's good to have you home. I tell y'all what, I uh I was driving up Mitchell Hill. Just, I was having some old driving down memory lane, man. I haven't been I haven't been out here for a while. You know, it's been a little while. So you grew uh, up in Fairdale, I right? I did, I did, yeah. yeah. And you know, gosh, I was driving by looking at stuff. Like, <laughs> a lot of it's still the same. But there's there's some stuff that's changed. So yeah. after you hit a certain point, it's definitely the same. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Driving up this hill, it's like it's like I was a kid. Yeah, I've always been you know up here, so nothing's oh, yeah. changed. Ooh, we got guardrails. Yeah. We used to not have guardrails. Just cables. <laughs> Jeff Donahue is the reason, and it wasn't because he was a politician. It was because he accidentally uh, fell off the side of the hill and took all those pylons out. So I think that's why they were like, all right, I guess we'll do guardrails now. I, always, I, I try not to take for granted this hill and this forest and everything when you come up, because you can. Yeah. You can just, you know, forget about it. But, uh, man, this is one of, I, I think it's one of the most beautiful places around. Oh, I do, I do too. And I, I, I remember growing up. I tell people, you know, where I'm from, and they're like, "Oh, the Jefferson Memorial Forest." Yeah. Well, growing up, it was like, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna do this and do that." And mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, nothing ever happened. They, they plopped the sign down, you know, Jefferson. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't think it's ever gonna happen in my lifetime. And, and, and looking at it now, I yeah. mean, like, I know people from, I'm out in the East End now, but like all these people come out here to, oh yeah, hike. you know, to hike, and, and they, they love it. And they're yeah. like, "That's where you're from. That's where you're from." Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's beautiful, man. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they definitely did a good job with the trails oh, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, if you're in the area, come visit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a, I think it's close to 8,000 acres now. Is it really? Yeah. Is it? I think oh, so. Wow. wow. Yeah. They're expanding. That's awesome. So, man, you were talking about uh, listening to one of our podcasts and seeing one of our guests. What was that this past weekend? Scott, Scott T. Yesterday, right? It was last night. Last yes, night. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what is today? Thursday? Thursday. So, Wednesday night? Yeah. Wednesday night, Where, where yeah. did this go down? This went down at Zanzibar. Oh, okay. okay. And we saw uh, John R. Miller and uh, Vincent Neil Emerson, who's out of mm. Texas. That kid mm -hmm. is phenomenal. They're both phenomenal. But, uh, yeah, it was a great show. It, yeah. uh, 
it was not too pleasant this morning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, the night was fun. The night was fun. So yeah, Scott and Ellie, man, uh, two of the two of the yeah. best to do it around here right now. You know. Yep. Well, we're assuming it was Ellie. So yeah, we're assuming it was. Yeah. It, it was. It, it was because it, okay. no, he, he introduced her, and I, okay. I, it's okay. a ple- no, it was a pleasant surprise because I thought there were two, you know, two people on the bill, and mm-hmm. when we came in, uh, the guy was like, "Oh, there's three bands tonight," you know. So yeah. I, we were we weren't expecting that, but it was that kicked Dude, ass. It that is great. a pleasant. Yeah. That is a pleasant little oh, uh, yeah. nugget right there to walk into uh-huh. that. Oh yeah, that's a heck of a duo right well, there. Her playing and his, I mean, his vocal range is like, oh my gosh. So, what was the crowd like last night? It was uh, a little thin after the rain. It was. It, yeah. it, I mean, you know, the room. Yeah, it was pretty thin, but it, you know, that's still not, awesome. Yeah, yeah, oh, but, yeah, it was. Great right. for the people there. Well, you know, that kind of uh, it kind of set the tone for the evening. That rain. I mean, because it was rush hour, four thirty to probably five thirty, dude. It was torrential. So it's like sideways, barely seeing. If you're on the expressway, you're crawling. You, it's the blinker, you know, your uh, hazard lights on type oh, yeah. of rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think anybody that had any intention to go do uh, uh, an event like Waterfront Wednesday, which I went to, uh, same deal. For Waterfront Wednesday, the crowd was light, but it was awesome because the weather ended up perfect, uh, you know. Oh, the temperature was, <sighs> you can't beat that, man. Yeah. That was beautiful. beautiful. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So it was like we got this little private show for us and the photons were, uh, yeah. were on the bill with... Uh, Did you talk to them any or... I didn't, but Jalen was up there playing bass for me. I was like, oh, that's... You know, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, then the Bowl Boys, who are local, we got to get those guys on here at some point. Uh, they played. And then uh, Maggie Rose, dude. Who was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Was, used to be Marcus King's backup singer. Unreal. So, you know, Kim made a great observation. She said... Oh, she's gone. You'll never see this again, this version of this, because she is so, it, like, the, everything is so well written and almost like produced, not in a bad way, but in a, they have set her up to just get ready to. Her, she's a pro. Huh? Oh, dude. She's got like a, a soulful blues style, but her voice is like Christina Aguilera strong, not tone wise. It, it's better, in my opinion, because it's more of that bluesy, mm-hmm. soulful feel. Yeah. Um, not that, I don't know. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. Anybody that was cool. there last night, which actually, like Trev Sachs, there's a bunch of people that I saw, uh, Stuart Wiki, a bunch of people went. And uh, if they st- stuck around, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. no, I, was no. Thinking, I was thinking last night, our show, there was there were like a lot of musicians there, local yeah. musicians. I was running into a lot of people. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a cool crowd. I was like, yeah, yes. it's, it's, it was almost like the diehards. It was. Oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Totally. It, it was people that were planning on going and decided, we're going to go anyway. Screw the rain. We're going to give it a shot. What time did you all get out of there? Uh, We got out around, it was close to midnight. Oh, yeah. We were way to- out of there by yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why I was paying, paying. I had to get up at five o'clock this morning because the real job came in. You know, yeah. the, the music, you know, <laughs> but the real job that keeps the lights on, you know. So I had to do that. Oh, it was fine. It was fine. It was worth it. It's always worth it. You oh. know, that conversation's come up a lot on here about uh, local musicians supporting other oh, yeah. musicians in Louisville. I mean, yeah. that, that happens a lot. You go, You go see somebody and you see... A lot of musicians that's, that's there to a, support and listen and enjoy. It's a good chunk. Yeah. A lot of times it's, you know, there's a handful of five to 10 or, you know, who knows more than that. That's, it's awesome. 
And that's kind of the thing with, you know, Ellie, she plays with Hot Brown Smackdown. She has her own bands. You know, she plays with other people and and supports other people when they do their thing. And it's just, that all comes full circle. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, we, one of our first podcasts, I think it was three or four, was Ego. And it was just talking about um, having that battle of competition with people that are trying to do the same thing as you and realizing that, you know, there's, there's room for everybody. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, just look at the city and the boom that is Louisville and, you know, some of the places that, that like you're playing right now you're playing all over town and the Merle's whiskey and there's just all kinds of amazing spots and opportunities for people to get out and do the thing. And so when you have that type of community, it's just, it, it sets things apart. I think for me and yeah. and what's going on because that's just kind of there is none of that. Yeah. Cuz how many people have we had in here? <laughs> no spills. That uh <laughs> that was pretty good. That right was there. pretty good. How many people have we we had in here multiple times with, you know, Fiona, uh Casey. Just yeah. we've had Trev Sachs. Trev Sachs, he's been in three or four times with three or four different groups. It's yeah. just yeah. cool to see that and not only in here but to see it supported yep. and it's awesome. Yep. No, no, it, it really is, man. I, this town, uh, I don't get it out as much as I would like because I mean, I, I, I used to, yeah. I used to go out all the time and see live music, mm-hmm. but I feel like now these days, the only time I'm getting out is when I'm playing, actually playing. But I tell you, it used to, we used to do the town's Van Zant tribute. Oh yeah, and uh, did it. I did it. Oh my gosh, at the road. Uh, all yeah, all, all over, all over. Jim Porter's. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was nice because, it, of course, it was. Towns is awesome, mm-hmm. but I, to, to to see all the musicians that I don't get to see all the time, you know, and it was just a big hangout, just hanging out and hey, how have you been? Blah blah blah, because you don't see anybody, you know. I, yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. and it, it was just so nice. And I mean, so many different people, so many different types of music, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I, I never really got the whole the whole ego thing, like oh, you're trying to take over some of my mm-hmm. territory. I mean, I don't care, dude. There's yeah. enough for everybody. Absolutely. You, you yeah. know, I, I, I welcome all the good musicians. Like, I'm like, I'm, it makes me better. You know, I'm like, yep. the dude I saw last night, Sean, and I was like, this dude's killing it. I was like, I didn't inspire, that's inspiring me. I was like, this dude is vocal range. It's off the charts. <laughs> so I, I I don't, I don't get that. I love it. I love yep. being around good musicians. And, you oh, know, yeah. I get it now. You can always <laughs> learn, man. You can always learn. You can. You oh, really. heck yeah. Let's jump in here with a uh, question we usually start with. Why don't you go back to childhood and tell us about your early memories of music and, uh, you know, then maybe at what point music became, you knew music was going to be a big part of your life. I was thinking about that question and because uh, I, I was listening to the podcast and I was right. getting a feel for it. And honestly, man, what I came up with is that I don't, I don't ever remember not singing. I mean, I've been singing forever. And I, my mother told me, she's like, you learn to walk and talk, and as soon as you were talking, I mean, I was I was just always singing. I, I don't, you know, it. The guitar came around a lot later, and I look back now, and I'm like, it, it's really. If I have any any regrets in music, is like I should have started earlier because mm. I, I grew up around a lot of musicians and a lot of guitar pools and people playing, and I just didn't. I didn't care, you know. They they mm-hmm. had to twist my arm to come. My brothers would always twist my arm. Oh, come sing a song. Come sing a song. Back in the day, I used to have a little bit of a higher voice, so I love rock and roll, you know. But country yeah. was always the bass, and uh, but no, I don't, I don't ever remember not singing, hmm. and it just, I don't know. <laughs> so when did you start playing guitar? Twenty. I was twenty years old. Okay. No yeah. kidding. But that's a long. I mean, that's very late in my family, and yeah. and I'm gonna tell you this quick story: is that I used to go out. I guess in the it was in the nineties. I guess. Karaoke was very popular, so I would, oh, sure. I would drag my girlfriend, which is now my wife. We'd go out, 
And I'm not trying to to shit on anybody. I don't know if you can cuss on this podcast. No, you, there's no cussing on this. <laughs> but, uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> but out of 25 singers, there would be like three or four that were pretty good. And you know, mm-hmm. the other the other 21, 20, whatever, would be just like, oh, and I was like, it, which is fine. I mean, but I was like, I was like, I can't do this, man. I want to I wanna learn how to play. My brothers, were, they've been on me for so long, you know. I was like, you got to learn how to play. So that, that, that inspired me to... I got to learn how to, I mean, you know, do songs in my key or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 20 years old. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, luckily I took to it pretty quick. I mean, yeah. I'm not a great guitar player, but I was able to make the chords and progressions. And so with, uh, you had to be able to like pick it out pretty easily. Do you think with the, your brothers and the musicianship in the family, once you started, it was easy because you could hear it? I do. I, I really do. I yeah. really do. I, I, uh, I, I, that would be my best guess because I, I never took any lessons or anything. My no brother, kidding. my brother actually, I still have this, it's a little black book and he drew, he drew them out. You know, now you, oh, you get, I right? got my daughter That's cool. a poster, you know, but like, you know, GCDs, like E minor, you know, whatever. You still have that? I do. I That's do cool. still have that. That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's how I started, and I'm—I I swear to you, it doesn't feel like it. It really took that long. I mean, it—you know—I'm sure it wasn't great in the beginning, uh-huh. but I was just playing enough, you know, to sing songs. You know, that'd be cool if you can pass that book on to somebody else at some point. Dude, that's well, my that's son, so my cool. son—I'll say my son—he's thirteen. He was—he t- just told me the other day. He's like, Dad, we bought him a guitar a couple of years ago. You know, he didn't yeah. know he he. That's what you're supposed to do. But yeah, so he come back to it and he told me he's like, I think I want to start learning how to play. And I was just like, Ooh. I've always told him, I was like, I'm not going to push it on him. My yeah. daughter, my daughter sings now, but um, I'm just like, I just want him to learn, you know, because they both love music. And it's like, just for something down the road, you don't have to play the bars, you know, whatever. Just if you're hanging out with friends, if you're hanging out by yourself, it's, I, I, I just love it. I can't imagine my life without it. Dad, you know? Dad, I, th- I think I want to play guitar. <laughs> Dad. Daddy, you crying? (laughs) (laughs) My wife's thinking, oh, here we go. Here we go. I had this conversation with my boys. I was like, one of you all needs to play guitar because whoever plays instruments is going to inherit amazing stuff. I don't have any crap anymore. So somebody needs to learn something. Dude, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. I've graduated. I have bought and sold and traded so many guitars. Mm -hmm. And I I got a nice section now I, I mean I could always add don't get me wrong oh yeah but I've got a section that I was, they were like people are like oh this I'm like no I'm just they're just keeping them I'm gonna add to that I'm not getting rid of them you know hey man so I, turn around real quick and then look to your right <laughs> look to your right when we started this he had that maroon one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those are <laughs> since the podcast that was before Wait, then you all you all enforce this for me there's you can never have enough guitars. Mm. Nah. Right? You know, well, like, you know, they all feel like a a little unique slot. A- absolutely. It. Yeah. A yeah. different song, different tone. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a non sequitur. It's a no brainer. <laughs> and anybody that argues differently is just wrong. <laughs> wrong. I mean it's true. Yeah. They don't understand. I'm gonna step away from this conversation. You're, <laughs> you're just not as smart as we are. No, not even close. <laughs> not even close. You know what's wild too? You could play two instruments that were built back to back. You could play two Martins that are both D28s that were built. Here's one serial number and the next serial number, and they can feel completely different. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. I, I've seen it. I've, I've, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. you know, yeah, I agree. So what I think we're saying is 
we need to invest in more we guitars. We got to start looking for some more guitars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do. I get, I, get, I get online every once in a while. I'm Facebook, like, oh, mm, oh, dude. Facebook Marketplace mm, is the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I wouldn't love to have that. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of them out there, too. Oh, not a good ones. There's a lot of, uh, there's probably like uh, a lot of COVID guitars now, I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, I'm stuck at home. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. I've always wanted to. And then they're like, eh. yeah. Well, maybe I need to, I need to That's pray what on that. that telecaster was. <laughs> yeah. It was a COVID guitar. Yeah. But so got- I bought that used, but it still had the plastic uh, protective covering on, on the, on the pickups and the chrome and everything. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, a, I'm an acoustic guy, but I always, I've always loved the electric. And I love, I mean, that's, I think that's what I would do would be the Telecaster because it's another country yeah. sound. But, dude, yeah. I'm telling you But the Stratocaster, right I'm a rock and roll dude at heart, you know, but I just I just can't sing it. Yeah. So. Nope, dude, I'm telling you right now. The most versatile guitar in the world is the Tele. Tele- it is the Telecaster. I love the Telecaster. I've got a lot of guitars, but my God, dude. Well, I called you when I was at the guitar store. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I heard I text you or something and because I, I was looking at a Strat and a Telecaster and, and I said, uh, which one should I get first? And you said, well, nine out of 10 people would tell you Stratocaster, but I'll tell you Telecaster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that you said, which one should I get first? Yeah. So there's going to be a second person. There's going to be a second person. You know that's, what? That's I awesome. didn't catch that in the question. You're right. <laughs> should I should right. first. <laughs> so when you were singing as a kid, what were you singing? What do you remember? I remember, uh, oh gosh, I think, uh, well, I'll tell you this. Rock and roll? Um, yeah. Yeah. I but early on, this is a pretty early memory. I remember singing a Merle Haggard song, uh, Are the Good Times Really Over? And I remember my mom let me sing this. You know, it said, you know, stop rolling down a hill like a snowball headed for hell. So I thought, you know, hell, I thought that was a cuss word. You know? So I would, I would just sing that line all the time, you know, until, until sing every word real loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until eventually <laughs> she's like, it wasn't, the, the word wasn't bothering her, but she's like, okay, you're singing the same line. <laughs> okay. But no, I, I did that. And you know, growing up, uh, MTV, MTV was was pumping. So I, I remember I would like get everybody in the living room and just emulate the video singing. <laughs> I, would, I would go all over. That's my voice was a little bit more higher, you know, like a higher pitch. And uh, I, I, lo- I loved everything. I mean, my brother's, you know, Southern rock, you know. Skinner, you know, all that stuff, you know, Ozzy Osbourne and, you know, Led Zeppelin and for whatever. And then there was always George Jones and Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. And and, and for me, a big one was through the 90s was George Strait because, I mean, he was all over the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I was all over the place. But my voice, like I said, my voice changed. And I still, I'm telling you, I'm I'm an 80s rocker at heart, but I just <laughs> just could not make it work. So my brothers were like, "You've got a pretty good country voice." So I was like, I was like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna stick with this." And that was always the bass. That was always the bass. So were your brothers playing live music? Were you hearing live music? Then? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, my oldest, no, but the, it's funny. The oldest is the one that taught both of us to play. Mm. But my my second, uh, I'm the youngest of five. And my siblings mm. are a lot older than me. All and, brothers? Uh, two brothers, two sisters. Okay. And uh, my second brother, he's the second, uh, he's the third oldest, I'm sorry. He played all over town and he moved all out and he, he tried to make a career out of it. But, uh, you know, he's a struggling musician like a lot of us. But my oldest brother, yeah, he never played the bars or anything, but he's the one that, he's the one that taught us how, you know. He, yeah. But the second brother... He's the guy that I. That's interesting. Yeah. He's just, he's the guy that I, that I I get mad at because he can pick an instrument up and he can play anything. Yeah. You know, like 
you know, like work on it. Like, oh, I, I mean, I haven't mastered the guitar. I mean, not mastered. I haven't figured the guitar out. It's been 20 plus years. I'm like, this dude's <laughs> playing the dobro and, you know, banjo and whatever, whatever. I mean, it may not be great, but he could play enough, you know, learn it enough to yeah. you know, sit in with people and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was always envious of that. He's like, well, you have a better voice than me. I'm like, well, I want to be a better musician. You know, so. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think percentage wise, if you had to put a percentage on it with people like that, how much of that is skill and just natural, and how much is just the confidence just to do it? And how much is knowledge? It's it's uh, splits. It all splits. Um, because if you know the string pattern, you can play stuff. I think if you can play the piano, you can play anything. I really do. I, think I, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. I, think I really you, do. Yeah. So, like, I started on the piano, and I'm, I'm, I can play the piano. I'm not great at it. I would never be able to play, like, a concerto or anything like that, but... You know, I can play Benny and the Jets and some cool stuff if I need to and listen and do all that. Um, but having that bass and then starting the guitar, if you know the the instrumentation and you get the, like, idea, then you can sound it out and it makes more sense if you have a little bit of knowledge. Because I'm not dangerous with what I know, but I know just enough to figure stuff out. So there's that balance, like... You know, you can pick up a mandolin, you can play D, C, G, minor, do all those little things if you know that it's the same setup as a violin. You know, it's just, you know. Yeah. G. I, just, I just always wondered, I guess, you know, what what does the, does the confidence come before the skill? Or does the skill come before the confidence? Or is it just like, because, you know, some people it just seems like... uh you know, they're just not. They're just not scared to just go with it. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of, I'll be playing bass with Acquainted Stranger on June 11th. If you're bored, come on out. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. How'd that happen? Ian can't make it, I guess. So they asked me to do it, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> so I guess it's confidence before skill. <laughs> hey, confidence is very important. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to a George Stearman song. Let's uh let's talk about the hill. That was uh it's about Jefferson Hill. Hey! Right around the corner from here. I uh I uh grew up grew up on Jefferson Hill and everybody that I grew up around we just <laughs> referred to it as the hill, you know. And um you know, uh, it, it, I'm not a I don't really claim to be a serious songwriter by any means. That song kind of just fell into place really, really, really quick for me. I don't know, you know. They people say, "Oh, the song wrote itself." It kind of felt like that. So, yeah. but yeah. you know, I wish I could do it more often, but I can't. But, <laughs> but that, it's it's just a little shout out to to my South End people. Okay, and, uh, Jefferson Hill Road. So. Cool. And this song's been around for a little while, right? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two thousand five or six, somewhere around there. Okay. Know? So yeah, it's and what our, what album is this on? It's on an album I recorded back in 2012, Make Time, and uh, it's a long it's a long time ago. So uh, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping I can get something done soon. So we'll see. We know a place you can record. Yeah. Hey, up. Let's check it out. The Hill. Up on a road we call the hill And I still think of it as home today I guess I always will But I moved away back in 95 It just wasn't the same after my mom died Up on the hill 
I can hear those guitars playing loud We threw us a party There was one hell of a crowd Big bonfires and busting out the tunes We're all singing those country songs And doors playing the spoons up on the hill I get back up there now from time to time there's a lot of good memories running through my mind It's where I'm gonna be after I've gone on I can still smell that old wood burning stove up on the hill Oh yeah Yeah dude So all right, what I like about this, really, every, most everything you've written is it's very visionary. You can see what you're saying. Yeah, it's a story. It's a story, and Visual. you can, and it's not just because I literally live around the corner, <laughs> 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 and I know what you're feeling because I, you know, I just when you can see it, you talk about the, still being able to smell the, the wood burning stove, things like that that are the little details that bring out that that oh I, I can not only can I understand I can see it in my head yeah that type of stuff is awesome um and I think what bothers me is that you don't write that if you're not talking about not writing that much it's like come on man <laughs> you write a good story well it, for me it, oh god man it's it's a, it's a confidence thing I I never I never really started out the right song so I'm mm-hmm. just I, I love listen I, I I will tell anybody all day long, I've been telling people forever, I'm a singer first. I mm-hmm. love to sing. You know, cover songs, you know, that inspires me to play. You know, I'm, I love a lot of stuff, you know. But going through life, uh, you know, I've out, when I started playing gigs and stuff, meeting people, they're writing songs. And, mm-hmm. and I've always, I was like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. You know, it. so I was like, I'm going to give it a try, you know. and But I can... It's like a story. I, I I wish that I was. I wish that I were more poetic, where I can just write a song. You know, it it just doesn't come easy for me. You know, mm-hmm. I have so many bits and pieces on my cell phone now, which I love the cell phone because now I can just jot it down and save it. But it, it just it doesn't. They don't flow out of me. And I, mm-hmm. I when I when I I know a lot of musicians like you all do. And I was like, oh, it drives me crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, I wrote wrote two songs this week. I'm like, man, I'm like. I can't do that, but and I and I and, and now I feel like I'm I keep writing the same songs. Like you know, mm-hmm. I can't can't put an album out of the same song. Just you know, but it. Long story short, it doesn't come easy, but I I love it. It's something that when you're out playing and people request your song, I mean, mm-hmm. I had never experienced that before. You know, of course, a cover song like oh, play this song, blah, you do that grade yeah. or whatever. You know that that's fun. You know, and it. But when people are actually re- coming to the gigs and requesting your songs, I I. It was hard for me. I didn't really know how to take it at first. I was like, I was a little, little embarrassed, a little shy, you know, about it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I am today. It's hard for me to sit down and like, hey, man, listen to this song. Just play it for somebody. Yeah. At the gigs, I'll just slip them in, you know. And I'm like, yeah. and if somebody's like, hey, what was that? You know, who sings that? I'm, I might say, hey, I, you know, whatever. But it, it just, it's not, nah, it's not comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I hope to get to there. I hope, hope to get there someday because I really, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it when it happens, but it doesn't happen. Is often. it a, uh, is it? Part like too personal, 
Is part of it that is a part of it like, you know, if I put this out there, because, you know, songwriting doesn't necessarily have to be storytelling about yourself, which a lot of yours are, which is cool. Oh, and a lot of it is, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, is it like, you know, that it is personal, these these stories and journeys. It's like writing in a diary sometimes it, and then going, is, okay, is, now let me put that let to me music. Let me to everybody. Send <laughs> yeah. it out to the world. Yeah. I don't think hard enough about it. I guess most of the time I just go, here we go. Uh, but is, I could imagine that would be part of it. If some of the issues like, you know, even slipping them in and not necessarily going, Hey, this is my song. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it makes it, I'm just wondering if that it, it the personal side of it is, you, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you know, like I, I, that doesn't really bother me. It's just, it's just, I guess the quality of the song is like, you know, I don't, you know, is it is it a good enough song? You know, like well, hell yeah. yeah. No, okay. you, no, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. no, for real. Like, it's like because I'm sing I'm singing the cover songs, and and it, I'm kind of selfish because when I'm out playing my gigs, I'm playing songs that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I the beginning I would play top forty radio, whatever. You know, trying to, but it, you know, as I've as of years have gone by, I was like, I'm playing stuff that I like. You know, like, and there are requests that I I, w- I will do requests. You know, if I know you, know, I can fake. I fake everything, by the way, <laughs> but uh, but I do. You know, I'm playing songs that I love. You know, and I'm like that I want to play. You know, and it's like yeah. so when I'm writing, it's like if that's not, of course, of course, it's not up to certain standards. But it's like I'm like it's got to be a decent song. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if, if I'm not feeling it, you know, like you know what I mean. Like it's like yeah. okay, I, I don't really want to play that. But you know, I wonder how many songs though, like like a professional songwriter. I wonder how many songs they write before one hits them like that. You know? oh, no, totally, like, how, totally. how, many, how many bad ones do you write or just average ones do you so, write before you get a good one? And a lot of people we've had to talk about it. Sometimes yeah. you got to write the bad one just to get it out of your head to go, all right, that's some shit that I'll never record or t- tell yeah. anybody about, but it's no longer in there. Yeah. I, I can move <laughs> on to the next thing. Um, I, I can I can relate to what you're saying, George, because I do. I, I like to write. Well, while you're sitting here thinking, I was kind of comparing it to painting, like painting my house. Like, I hate getting ready to paint, getting set up to paint, but I don't mind actually putting the brush and the roller yeah. to the wall. That's some Miyagi shit right but, there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you miss Miyagi. <laughs> paint the fence, bro. Paint but the it's kind of like, it like it with songwriting. I won't ever just sit down and get started doing it, but when I do, I enjoy it. Well, I was going to compare that to what you you did. I mean, because Brad wrote a record 20 years ago yeah. and then didn't write anymore until we were like, well, until you wrote the the song that started all of this, really. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. If uh, I was going to ask George if you've ever tried like a songwriting group, and would you like to be in our group? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not. Hey, listen, listen. That's that's where I'm at. I have not. I, I think I think I would like. I think I would like to do that. I, I've come out of my shell, you know, and just try it out to see. You know, I think I think it could help me. It's you know? amazing what having a deadline can do. Like if you know the group is meeting two Wednesdays from now, yeah, it no, just kind of forces you to yes. sit down and do it. And, and I think I need it. I really think I need it because I'm I'm pretty freaking lazy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I don't practice. Let me mm. tell you something. When I play my gigs, that's practice. <laughs> yeah, the gigs are practice, and and I take my gigs very very serious. So it's not like I'm not I'm not showing up to half ass, but I just don't practice. I I just don't have time. But it's like. I tell people all the time, and it's the truth. I fake every. I'm faking everything. Everything is like <laughs> I, I listen to the songs, you know, the cover songs. So I was like, I kind of, kind of got the gist of it, you know, whatever. But I'm faking it. I don't ever sit down and really 
learn it, you know. And yeah. if I could, if I did, you know, Man, I was you're like, telling all your secrets. Dude. I know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> this is my therapy, right? I'm like, if I did, maybe I would actually be pretty decent at it. But I, you know, but the songwriting, I would, I would love to work on the craft because I, I love it. I very, I appreciate it, and I love, you know, it, it's great. When, I tell my wife all the time. So I, I hit these spells where I'm like, I'm gonna start practicing an hour every day. <laughs> and I'll do it for three weeks. And it's amazing how much better I get in just amazing. three weeks. And then I'll just quit doing it. So you, it's like <laughs> I was saying the same here. I'll I'll try to like I'll I'll, I'll read something or I'll or I'll listen to a podcast. And I'll, somebody else like their method, what they do. And I'm like, oh, I'll try that. And I'll do it. And I, I can see that it's, you know, hey, it helps me. And then I just gradually, it's like, it's like working out. It's like, it's like exercising. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you start out, you're running, you're running hard. And, and then you gradually like, eh, I'm not going to go today. I'm and that's such a weird thing we do as humans. You know, you talk about exercise. So I went, I, I had a really high stress job for a long time. So I got up every morning and I made myself work out. This is the way I handled it. I did that for probably five years. And there wasn't a single morning that I ever wanted to do it. But, Every time I did it, I felt, felt great better. when I was done. So you like you sit there like, why did I not want to do it? Knowing if when after I do it, I'm gonna feel great. So why do you not want to do it? That that's that's <laughs> that's me with well on 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 the stretching side. As I've gotten a little older, it's like stretching. Mm. It's like you know it's time consuming, but you feel so much better. And I'm mm. like, and it's like, why wouldn't I do this all the time? But I don't <laughs> do it all the time. It's like. You know, I, I don't know. Something weird about humans. It's very weird about humans. Very weird. <laughs> I wish I had the dedication to do a lot of things the way I have the dedication to not work out. <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, all right, I got a question. All right, this is kind of going back a little bit, but about the uh, when you were writing. Because I think that, you know, what at this point in our lives, we know what we like, we know what we don't like, we know what we love to play, we know what we love to sing, and what is our thing. Um, do you think moving forward, like when you wrote the last record, what, were you writing it because of what you were writing in the in the chord progression and the things you were playing is what you loved, or were you writing it to? not gather an audience, but write it for the masses, write it for people that this is what's going on in the music scene these days or whatever, not necessarily, but kind of in that vein compared to if you wrote now, would you be more free to just write what you want to write? Well, I, to answer some other, there were six questions. Well, no, no, sorry. no, I, I think, I think, no, no, no. I think, I think I was writing at that time. And what I've been writing again, the selfish side, it's just for me. It's like, and I, you know, and, and not I'm not I'm not like oh yes, yeah, I'm just all about me, but I I was trying to say some stuff, and it was like it for me. It's like I just people were like oh you just need to play it, play it, play it because mm -hmm. it's hard for me to just really play it, you know. And people liking it and requesting it that that's like a bonus for me. I I don't I don't know I don't think I don't think I can write, you know. Especially, especially today, like a radio, a radio song, or you know, or what? If you did, I'd be ashamed of you. I, <laughs> I, could, radio I, could, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. You can write a song about chilies. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I mean, well, I could. Yeah, I could I write mean, a song. There's already one about Applebee's. I could write a song about chilies, <laughs> but I could not write a radio hit to save my life. I mean, you know, there was a time that I wanted to, nineties, mm -hmm. you know, but I just I didn't take it serious then. You know, I was like, oh, you know couple of lines here or there. It was horrible. 
because I've, <laughs> I've looked back over that stuff. And I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. You know? <laughs> so, but no, I, I think uh, I've always just, my songwriting, my brief songwriting, it's just been stuff going on with me. And it's like, I tried, I, I wish, that maybe, maybe I could work on the melodies a little better. I don't know, sing it. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like, uh, no, I don't think I write for the crowds because mm. I don't, you know, they're not going to, I like, I kind of like upbeat. Well, no, that's not true. I like sad stuff. I like sad country songs. I'm not a sad person. I love the sad stuff, but the upbeat stuff, you know, is fun as mm -hmm. well. But I, I tend, um, I think I'm rambling here, but I tend, <laughs> the sad stuff is what I what comes out of me a lot of times. And it's like, you can't keep writing 20 sad songs. You can't play a set of sad songs. You know what I mean? I so a lot of people like sad songs. Yeah, they do. You, and I, I do too. I do too. And it's like, oh, it's making me depressed. I'm not depressed, but it's like, I love to hear the sad stuff, yeah. you know? Because it, yeah. it's real, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, people are, you know, put the steel guitar in there and shit. Well, you just, throw a steel guitar on anything. Dude. Oh, any, anything, anything, anything. When I heard about the, uh, you know, reminiscing about the bonfires and the, the guitars around the bonfires on the hill, I thought about your place, Neil. You might have to invite Let's George. Go. You know, he's it, probably going to be busy, but we'll invite him. No, no, I would love to come. I would love to come. I, I, and listen, it's not. I'm not busy for music. I'm busy for life. <laughs> they were always like, "Oh, you're playing." I was like, "Well, no, I'm balancing the family life, you know." But I think it's gonna it's gonna slow down this summer. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I looked at your schedule recently. Like, I had George playing six places this week. Yeah, there's only four days left. Well, we're gonna see how George's voice holds out. See, that, that <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I never, I in the past, I've never played enough to like. I'm, I'm always curious because Garth Brooks. I'll use him as an example. This dude's playing three plus hours mm. back to back to back to back. I think there's no way I can do that. But also, every gig that I play is like a Saturday night. I'm like, it's like the end of a tour. Like I'm every my every gig is like the end of a tour blowout. So I was like, I was like, George, I'm talking to myself now. It's like, George, if you just chill, you know, have drink, don't drink as much. And you know, what do you want to do with crazy songs? You I think I could do it, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, every every show is a Saturday night, last gig of the tour. And I, yeah. every show is the last gig of the tour. It is, they're always it is. packed. Well, yeah. You, you bring <laughs> you got, a crowd, man. You bring a crowd, dude. <laughs> I'll tell y'all what, I'm very lucky because they keep coming out to see me. I don't, I don't know. You. See, I'm a good faker. I'm a good faker. I've been faking the crowd for so long, you know. So. You know what you do right, man? You get the words right. You know, that, that's what I, like, I'll sing Brown Eyed Girl and get half the words wrong and everybody knows that. You get the words right Neil, every that's time. not true. That's not true. <laughs> what? I mess up words me. to every song and I tell people, they, they've caught on to me. I'm like, if you see me up there smiling on the microphone, I have fucked up the song. <laughs> and I can't, my wife, my, Mag, my wife, Maggie, she's like, you just have to play through it. Just keep rolling. I, let, let's, listen, Don't I can't. Don't give yourself away. No, because I'm a musician too. So it's like, if I'm at a gig and I hear somebody mess it up, you know, I'm, I mean, it's all good, but I'm, in my mind, I'm like, they, oh, they messed it they up. Messed it so up. that's what I'm thinking in my mind when I'm playing. I'm like, oh, shit, mess, I messed it up. Somebody out there, I don't care if it's one person, 30 people, one person's like, oh, he missed this song. That, that wasn't right. So I, I want to acknowledge So you might as well smile to that person. I know that you know that I know that I messed it up. Basically. Basically. So, yeah. You're going to introduce, hey, I'm George Stearman. He'll be smiling. Somebody be like, his name's not George Stearman. He's, <laughs> He's lying. He messed up his name. He's messed That's up his name. <laughs> but I'm telling you, listen, like watching videos and stuff, the best of the best mess up songs. Oh, yeah. It's like... I finally come to grips with that. I was like, all right, they mess up. You know, if Bruce, Bruce Springsteen messes up lyrics, it's, a, yeah. it's okay if I mess up lyrics. It's a lot of words to remember. Dude, I keep thinking, you know, 
that I have a brain injury when I sing. So maybe it's just everybody does it that has. You know. I don't know. There's some people. Brent West. Brent, Brent West. He hears a song it's, one time and knows the lyrics your start kid to do finish. That too? Yeah, my son Brent and my daughter Tia. They both can do that. Uh, and I, I'm so envious. I don't know where they got it. They didn't get it from me. They, they hear a song. <laughs> Every song that comes on the radio, they sing every word to it. It's ridiculous, dude. My, my daughter is the same way, and it's like, I, I have never, ever been able to do that. I'm, when I'm, now when I'm playing gigs, I'm like thinking about past the songs that I'm playing. I'm like, so it's already in my mind, like, oh, you know, it, what, what am I doing there? What's then, my next song? Yeah, and then, then I'm getting all out of whack, and then I start laughing, yeah. and I'm like, oh, all right, all right, I effed that one up, guys, <laughs> you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. But my daughter's pretty... I'm like, keep that girl because that's something because I, there's a lot of people like that can do that. I, I just, I've never been able to do that. No, dude. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. <laughs> and it's like, I can't even remember the words to the songs I wrote. So it's like, you know. I can't even remember the chords or the melody to a lot of no, them. Let no, no. Let me ask you guys a question. Did y'all sniff gas too as kids? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just me? I thought that was... Just me. I don't, it, was in, it was in the background. Faint, <laughs> faint, faint smell. I, was, I, was, I don't no, think I ever sniffed it. Hey, I, I was a nose to the nozzle. <laughs> I mean, I mean now like almost five dollars a gallon. That's some pretty expensive stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, my, that's an expensive. So where drug. did you learn that? Yeah, I don't did know. that come natural? I, you know what? I actually thought about this recently, and I think that my dad had to have said, "Don't Your sniff dad gas." Was a gas no, at some point he might have. I think he probably said. Whatever you do, don't sniff gas. Don't and sniff like, gas, boy. All I heard was, sniff that gas, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the highest I've ever been in my life was off gas. It was the last time I did it. I remember to this day. I know we're off topic here. That can't uh, be good for your brain. It can't. I was probably eight. Maybe. Maybe seven. Oh, yeah. Your brain's all jacked up then. Uh, here's what I remember. We, we had just gotten our sidewalk redone into the pebbly stuff that they have. The pebbly shit. <laughs> yeah. And mom and dad's room was still a garage. And I was at that corner, and I swear I nozzled that thing. <laughs> Probably for a full 15 seconds. And when what I, happened? I, I started walking up the pebbly sidewalk, and the world was wobbling, dude. I was... It was like you did a thousand spins. And then, what is it in gas that makes you high? Do you even know? I don't know. I didn't drink it, but it was, it was amazing. <laughs> um, but I got to the door, and I, I, don't, I think I knocked on the door. And my mom answered the door, and she said, Neil, you sniffing gas again? <laughs> no, she didn't. So you were a known gas sniffer. I was a known gas sniffer, dude. I had gas sniffing. Damn, that gas, boy. I used to get high as hell on some gas and ride the garage door up and down. I don't know how I'm alive. <laughs> we got to have an intervention for our eight-year-old. I, listen, I'm learning a lot tonight. I'm learning a lot tonight. All right. So you're saying that's not why I don't know the words to these lyrics? I don't it could think be. so. Could I don't, be. I don't think could so. Could be. Who knows? Long Maybe effects. there's a part of your brain that's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even it, know. Dude, good times. <laughs> it doesn't sound like fun. But a, a part of my brain's like, a part of my brain's like, look, he knows the song. They're talking to me that he knows the song. This part's like, well, I mean, he's on his own, you know. Well, whatever. I don't know what he's doing, you know. So Well, the bad thing is too, is that alcohol definitely hits your lyrics part of your brain. Oh. Well, well, okay, I'm coming back to every show that I play, every gig is like the last of the tour. So I've got, I, I, listen, this is my plea to you people who, if you listen to this podcast, help me get through 
pretend when I'm playing tomorrow I have to play another gig. It can't be the end of the tour gig. I can't, it can't be the blow. But like people like David Hicks and all those guys. Yeah, we're, yeah. sorry. They, they want to keep bringing it up. Hey, bring Party's going to go. Bring Let's go. And then Get everybody, listen, this, Free bur- drinks this bourbon that. stuff, they're like, oh, he likes bourbon. So then like they're sending shots of bourbon. I'm like, oh, wow. speaking of, hit me that bourbon. Absolutely. They sing this, they send this bourbon up and, and it's like, guys, doing the math. There's a couple, sh- there's like five <laughs> shots back there. If I do five <laughs> shots, you guys are probably going to call the EMS. The show's I'm over. <laughs> yeah, the show, the show, there was a many, many years ago, uh, I, when I would play, I was on a tequila bench and I love oh. tequila. I love tequila. I love tequila. So one night, some friends from work, you know, they all came out. It was a great night. Well, they were like, oh, he likes shots of tequila. This is no exaggeration. There were eight shots of tequila back there. My wife's, she's bitching. She's like, she's like, you can't drink it. So I had to tell the guys, I was like, guys, if I drink those eight shots, if I drink four shots, <laughs> show's over. I was like, you are going to. So I, I was passing them out. So I was like, I, I got to be careful mm-hmm. when I tell people, I'm sure you do. Hey, man. Last night there, the guy was, the, the Sean, Sean was like, oh, I like I like bourbon. I'm like, no, you might want to be careful because people in this crowd, you know. Uh, but you got to be careful because people, they, I'm like, dude, just put it in the tip jar. Don't have, dude, dude, listen, I have like 10 shots back. Just put it in the tip jar. I think when Scott was here, we went through a full bottle, didn't we? Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, Scott, he's a good one. That was, that was so fun. We yeah. went through a full bottle. I think his last introduction was something like, I'm up here with the Top Hill recording bourbon-loving boys. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, from from an outsider, when you're driving up the hill, Mitchell Hill, you're like, where, where am I going? I mean, dude, I knew where I'm going. I knew yeah. where I was going, but I was yeah. like, I get it. It's like, dude, it's, yeah. It's great. It's we great. got that several times. People come. I didn't know I was going to drive up a mountain to get here. Yeah, and then but pull in a house and not get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're driving, look, you're coming this way. You look to your right. You can the overlook of Louisville. Oh, oh yeah. I do that. I mean, that's that dude. never gets. Up. I love it. I love it's my that. house. I, I love it, dude. I love it. That that's yeah. awesome. That, that's that, where that, we have our bonfires. Man. Oh, dude, that's that's beautiful. yeah. Love that. I love that. So you said the hill you wrote in 2005. Is that when you recorded it? Uh, 2002. No, 2012 uh, or something was the yeah. Record, that's right? when I that's Next when time I did was that. Yeah, because 2012. I did it, it. It was uh, I wrote it then. Didn't do anything with it. Wow. I, I actually I went to Nashville. A friend of a friend. I work out of Ford, and a friend that I worked with on night shift. His cousin worked uh, was a sound tech or something in, on the Grand Ole Opry. So <laughs> no, no. So all, no, all the guys at work were super supportive. Like, oh, you, I I never thought about you know recording whatever. They're like, oh, you need to go do this, do that. So a friend of mine, Jay Custis, his his cousin, Scott Custis, he's like, uh, I'm going to hook you up with my cousin. Go down there, you know. And it, it, it was in Murfreesboro. It wasn't actually in Nashville. But uh, a lot of those guys played on the Grand Ole, Grand Ole Opera. And I recorded like, I think five songs. Maybe it was five songs. And, you know, it was, it was a great, I, I had no clue. I was like, head spinning, you know, these guys. Were, so you had studio musicians in there on that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, super. And, and, and I, I, listen, I have all their names down, but I don't know their names right yeah. right offhand. But they they were they were great. And uh, so I recorded that, but I, ne- I never done anything. I never did anything with it. So I was like, that was like two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six. So it's like two thousand late two thousand eleven, early two thousand twelve. I was like, man, you know, I I just need to put something out. So a guy, I did uh, Danny Flanagan. Ah, Danny. Louisville Louis legend. legend. I love Danny's no a badass guitar player. I did his radio show and uh a guy was in the crowd. He's like, and we got to talking and he's like, hey, have a, my buddy has a 
has a studio out in Goshen. Was this when Danny was at Clifton doing yes, the Clifton? Clifton. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I, I was like, you know what, man? I, I want to put like five or six more songs. You know, it was nothing. It wasn't. I just wanted to put it out. It, it wasn't at that point. Some of the songs were very old. So we, I went with those guys and and put the songs out. So they're kind of some songs are kind of na- like Nashville done. Some kind of you know whatever. But I learned a lot. What I'm getting at is I learned a lot. So this next time around, it's like I want to you know be more hands on. I don't know if I know shit. I don't know anything. But I kind of I'm kind of I, I kind of know what I'm looking for the next time around. So yeah. so that album, yeah. Some of those songs are very old, and I was really tired of them. This mm. is the year, man. So this is the ten year. Yeah, it's yeah, time, bro. It, it is. It is. Yeah. No, no, my, oh, my ten cousin, year challenge. My cousin Bobby, Bobby Meredith, is the greatest because he's like every show he comes out there. Every show he's he's like an encyclopedia on country music, and he's like you're leaving you're leaving a lot of money on the table. You need to get merch. <laughs> you need to get merch. Yeah. You need to get some albums. I'm gonna. He he already told me like we're going to Texas. He's my bus driver, <laughs> and I, lo- I love it. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Well, here's I'm like, the thing, dude. Every they say if you have a thousand people that support everything you do, which is merch, records, shows, you've got like two hundred of those already. <laughs> so you just, need, you just need like eight hundred. I more. need eight hundred. So if you're listening today, eight hundred more. Just that's all I need. So you know, dude, George is like the one person that's been told. Hey man, my cousin, he he down at the Grand Ole Opry, and he actually was down. He was down at the Grand Ole Opry. He was. He was. The dudes they played with Jimmy C. Newman and all these Opry guys, and I was like, I was like, yes, okay, let's do it. Listen, so they took my money, which was wasn't cheap. Thank you, Scott Custis. Yeah, Scott. Scott. Yeah, I I haven't even seen cousin Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even Jay. Jay left for it, and he went into the ministry. And uh, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. We're not, you know, we don't, uh, I'm probably sinning in his eyes, but you know, but yeah, he got me on the right direction. So, but those songs I did nothing with for a long time. And I was like, shit, dude, these songs, 2012, that's six years later. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've, I've, I've either got to just let this go or I've got to do something with it. You know? So I was like, oh, I'll add more songs to it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we did that. And so it's kind of pieced together. So the next time around, I'm hoping to be, in sync a little bit more, but I've got to get past writing the same old song, you know, I mean, unless I want to put All an right, album out. So what do you mean by that? What What's the same old song to you? Uh, drinking, All around the world. Uh, drinking, drunk, blah, 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 you know, and I love my, <laughs> here, here, here's the thing, people, some guys are like, have you, ever, have you written a song about your wife? I'm like, <laughs> that's the hardest thing to do. It, it is. So that's why I have not, I have started, I've tried, but it's to her, and dude, I want to tell her, Maggie, in your defense, it's such a high, it's such a high standard for me that I don't want to bullshit a song. I want it to be a good song. It's just not there yet. Every song yeah. I've written about my wife, she's like, I hate you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, okay. no, it's not true. I've written a couple good ones. Well, let's listen to another one. Tell us about bad luck and me. Oh, that- dude, let me say before you, I love this song. Yeah. This well, song I went. That's some that's some Keith Whitley stuff right there. Well, George I'm gonna Shea, tell Keith y'all, I, shit. that wasn't entirely my song. My brother Dave Woolen, my second brother, he he wrote that and uh, he sent it to me, and I added a little bit to it. He, it was his song. No I added, kidding. I added a little to it, but uh, he was like, "Dude, I can't do anything else with it." You know, whatever. So I, I, I liked it. I liked it. And the guy, the Mike Baker, I do Mike Baker as a guitar player. In, Na- in Nashville, he uh, he added a little the little doo 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 to it, 
And I was like, that's beautiful. I, I love mm-hmm. that. So that's actually my favorite song on the album that I put out. So, I, so yeah. Uh-huh. Bad Luck and Me, my brother Dave Bullen. All right, let's check it out. Bad let's Luck and Me. That is your vocal sweet spot. That is where you, I think like that is like the 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 sweet sweet spot of your range. You can go above and, and below that by all means, but but when you your tone is I think the most natural right there. Is that in G? It's in G. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think your your like that tone is so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 beautiful. It really is. It fits. That. It yeah. fits lyrically. Your your tone fits what the lyrics are doing. The music is is right out of like post outlaw pre nineties country stuff, which is I think the, uh, another sweet spot that's coming back into what's becoming big because I think people are getting out of the hip hoppy backbeat shit that's terrible. Thank God. I, th- yeah. I think we're getting there. I think we're finally <laughs> moving out of that. I think you know the the Sturgill Simpsons and the Tyler oh, Childers and those guys. guys are bringing stuff back around to like a happy medium. If you go to Nashville, that's not evident. But if you go like to Billy Strings show in Nashville, it's evident. You see the yeah. the crowd and the things that are going on outside of the bars that are, you know, uh, that, you know, American Nashville country bleh, that's going on yeah. right now. Yeah. So, dude, I think like, my feel on that is is the lyrics are great, the song's great, but but vocally, um, the performance is is awesome. Appreciate that, and I Appreciate think that, that that might be why part of the reason I think you might like it so much is because your brother wrote this is a big part of the writing. Um, but somewhere in there has to be it's because it just sits perfect. It's like in in the spot. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it. it yeah, it, it felt good. No, no, no shit. It felt good. It felt good. He, when, he, when he sent it to me and it was like, it was in G and we we kind of toyed around with it. And uh, 
I was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I, was like, I don't, I don't have to. It's not, I'm not having to strain. I'm not to exert anything. It's like this just is there. It's this just there. is the uh, not the, the end of the tour show song right here, dude. Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> listen, guys, absolutely. <laughs> if I, if, listen, if I can get a, if I can get a couple hours of those songs, dude, you're <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like I have to be able to sing tomorrow. And there's, there's like there's gigs coming up next in a few months. Next few months, I'm like. George, you're going to behave yourself. Mm. You can't. You can't throw down the first night because you have two more nights after that. So it's like, yeah. and I'm always curious <laughs> how those guys do it. How, the, how and gals, how do they do it? Yeah. All right. So I know that right now. Uh, I've learned since we started doing this and and uh, just talking to other musicians. There's tricks, not even vocally, but drop drop tune half a step, half to step. step. Oh. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've heard a full step. I've heard, you know, there's there's a band out there that drops a full step. So <laughs> it has to help. There's tricks. But that all, takes a little bit of life out of songs, though. I think so. I mean, I, it's like uh it's it's a cheat code. Now, if you listen to say superstition or songs in that era where there are guitars, a lot of times they didn't tune, they just tuned to each other. So it's E flat in between E flat and E. Yeah. It's, it's, there yeah. is no Tony Rice is notorious for it, oh. dude. You try to emulate, you have to go. Okay, don't get the tuner out. I'm going to tune to what he's doing <laughs> because he is definitely G flat. Uh, if I'm playing G this, flat G's three quarters, it's it's, it's, it's it like right, let me just listen to it. Okay, I'm going to play it in standard G. Hey, hey man, you mentioned something I got to ask you about. How was Billy Strings in Nashville? Oh my god, dude! All right, so I saw, I did see that. Oh my god, that dude! Before you even answer, <clears throat> that dude has taken he's the best. To the I'm, I'm, I'm going to cuss again to the fucking other level. He is, he's off the charts. He's yeah. off the charts. And he's, off built the charts. A, he's built a Grateful Dead type following. That's but, exactly but, what he has. But he's so, he's smooth. so he, smooth. It's like, yeah. listen, listen, I'll, I'll say, and I, I, it reminds me of Stevie Ray Vaughan back in the day, like, they play so effortlessly. Like, like, oh, yeah. like there's no effort. You feel, you feel, you feel as a guitar player, like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> because it, it looks so easy. It looks so easy. Yeah. No, you can't do that. It's like, it's like, and why he he reminds me, of, and he not 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 Stevie Ray Vaughan, but in for me, like watching him play, he makes it look so easy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I hate this dude, and mm -hmm. I love him all at the same time. Yeah. I'm I'm just jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he uh, he's definitely made me a better guitar player because I've become a fan because oh, he, dude. I, I've dug into trying to do some of those runs and some of those solos and that type of stuff that that is. Uh, it challenged me. Fortunately, I, I I had a broken foot like two years ago during COVID, so I had four you know four <laughs> months to sit and digest, sit, yeah. and I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, <clears throat> the I've seen two guitar players in the last I don't know five years live. Actually, when would COVID start? Twenty twenty February twenty twenty. I saw Marcus King. It was uh, at the Mercury Ballroom, and it Unbelievable. was. Well, dude, we had I had VIP passes, me and Spencer. So we got to go in and listen to his sound check with oh, him wow. and the band and about 12 other people, maybe 20, and listen to four, five, six songs, then meet him and then watch the show. And by the end of the night, I was like, this dude is the next guy that's taken over the mantle for Stevie Ray. Um, and then at the end of that month, we went to Headliners and we're three people back from Billy Strings and his his band. <laughs> And it was like, holy shit, in a completely different manner, 
same thing. This guy is... Can't wait for that Iroquois Amphitheater show. <sighs> so after that show, I've, been, I've seen Billy Strings a couple of times now, and but the Ryman show, we went and saw him at Railbird last year, same deal. I was, you know, 50, 50 feet from the stage, one of the first people up. But this Ryman show, four hours. So uh, every show he does, they do, it's at least two and a half, three hours. They do two sets. They come out. It's no opener. It's them, two sets. So Ryman, they come out. They bring out, the first one they bring out is Ronnie McCurry. Mandolin, he comes out and it's like, what the, what the, what? All right, he goes, uh, he plays three or four songs, goes out. Next thing you know, Les Claypool from Primus comes out with a, uh, a acoustic, um, uh, like Dobro bass. It's the wild, it's so less Claypool. And they play all this stuff. They end up playing a Primus cover. It's nuts. Um, he goes back and then Bob Weir comes out. Bob Weir comes out and starts playing. And then before the set ends, uh, uh, Marty Stewart Marty comes Stewart. out. I, I saw a picture that, I love Marty Stewart. Dude, Marty Stewart. He's a legend. He's and a, he still looks the same. He does. He's got gray it's hair. Ridiculous. Listen, listen. It's, they cr they cropped my face onto his hair <laughs> one time, and I was like, I was like, damn, I wish I had. Marty Stewart has great hair. It's the he best has great hair. hair. He's a he's a he's a country music best. historian, and he's a great great musician. Unbelievable. So that's a crazy. No, that's a crazy show. That's no. all, that, I'm so glad y'all got to go. Well, to here's the craziest part. We take a break. Uh, come back out. They do another two hours. <laughs> they bring out at the end of the night. Uh, Primus is playing the, the next night, so I think after Les Claypool played, he jetted. At the end of the night, they bring out everybody: Bob Weir, Ronnie McCurry, uh, Marty Stewart, and they play like four songs, it's like the, a jam, like a jam, on one mic, just like we're getting ready to do in this room. The last song they played, just take a guess what? I know you'll guess what song it was. Just think historic. I, well, Legends are okay, my guess is going to be Will the Circle That's be it. That's oh. Is that right? That's it. <laughs> well, well, well only, only because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because Marty Stewart is such a historian, and I'm thinking the rhyming. That's Will exactly. Oh. I told Kim, I told my wife, I said, they're going to play Will the Circle Be Unbroken. I heard they're it, gonna, George. They're gonna dude, play. I'm crying. I'm, I'm being I'm serious, like dude. <laughs> I was, uh, I got chills right now thinking about it because it was such a crazy, oh, that crazy one mic one in that mic. in that venue. Oh my god! And guess what? It was an elephant trumpet mic too. Bro. Was it? Yeah, we might not. Uh, but uh, I'm so jealous. I'm it so was jealous. amazing. And then even better than that, I mean, we we're like we walk out, walk half a block, and we're at our place. But it was nuts. Four hours, unbelievable. Awesome. Iroquois Amphitheater is the next one. If you don't have tickets to that, you need to get it. You can still get tickets for like 70 bucks on the Sunday. Are you serious? Yes. Because I looked in it. I mean. Go I, to the website. You got to go through Billy Strings. Don't go through okay. Ticketmaster. You I, I can will, still get it. Because I just got tickets to Willie Nelson. I'm going to. Oh, I, love, yeah. I love Willie Nelson. But I, yeah. I, I, won, I wanted to see Billy Strings. But the ticket prices that I saw at the beginning, I was like, Listen. I'm going to have to eat breakfast with him. He's got the, you know, the prices that, that, that they were. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I can't be paying yeah. this. Price. No. I might pay that for Willie. Dude. But, but. Billy Strings, I'm telling you, you'd be the best $70 you ever spent because oh, you'll be I, like. I know. I, I, you don't have to. It's you don't a have different to tell me. thing. He, dude, I've been on him. YouTube. It's a different thing. I'm just like, I'm watching him play and I'm like, I'm like mad at myself. I'm like, George. You gotta fucking play like this. You dude. can do it. You can do no, it. No, you can't. You gotta no, start you, practicing. No, you can't. You can. No, you can't. He's you can like, his hands are like, do, 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 do. And it's like, it looks so easy. You talking about practice? You can practice? You can definitely get closer. I showed my son that. We're talking about practice? You can definitely get closer. I'm not going to Trust me, man. Um, hold on. Wait, before we go. All right. I had something else to say and I might have forgot. <laughs> 
<laughs> practice? We talking about practice? Are we talking about practice? No, I don't remember. But dude, I'm telling you. Number. Oh, I do remember. So here's our challenge. So we had Raylan Nelson coming on the podcast, but we had an issue. We had to cancel on her. So Raylan Nelson's Willie Nelson's granddaughter. Granddaughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has an awesome band and a great podcast. Uh, music is funny. Listen to that. It's hilarious. It's, it's uh, her and her guitar player interviewing comedians yeah. like Doug Stanhope, and it's great. We got to get her on in studio with uh, her guitar player, see if we can't get that done. JD. Is she coming in with, with uh, Willie and the family I, I thing? I guarantee she'll be here with Willie and the family. And <laughs> All right, George, for our listeners, man, tell us where they can find your music, find whatever you have uh, well, out I'm there, cheap, where they cheap, can see you play. I'm a cheapskate. I don't have a website. Uh, Facebook, find me on Facebook, George Stearman. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, George Stearman Music. Um, S-T-E-A-R-M-A-N. E-A-R-M-A-N. It's not Steerman. <laughs> um Let's see here. Twitter, it's uh it's the Twitter, this is my old account, GTS nineteen seventy-seven. That's the year I was born. <laughs> I don't post them there often, but I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And uh one of these days I'm gonna grow up and get an actual website, but you all you all can find me on there. And the go. album out there right now is called Make Time, right? Make Time. It's it's, yeah. it's an old album and it's prehistoric in album terms. So hopefully in 2022, I'll put a new album. Let's go. All right, man. <laughs> well, we're going to close with the South End of Town. Tell us a little bit about that one. That song uh, for the Make Time album, uh, I told you guys about going to Murfreesboro, doing that stuff. Um, we were, we were, we added, we already added songs for the album. I, I had some other songs I wanted to add to the album. And uh, I was working night shift at Ford. And I was like, oh, man, it's like this song, you know, South End of Town. I'm from the South End. You know, I love the South End. The South End has been beautiful to me. <laughs> they still are beautiful to me. And it's, it, I love it. I love it. So uh, I was like, I need to write a song on South End of Town. Or, you know, I need, to re- I, need to, I need to write a song about the South End. So uh, before I went to work one afternoon, it just, you know, it's pretty quick. It, the funny thing is, is like the studio didn't do it justice. I felt like it came, account, came along as like a handsome mm-bop, you know. So, <laughs> so, so I'm not, I'm going to nitpick on that. I wasn't very thrilled with that, but whatever. I with was the, wondering why I went, South in yeah, up, yeah. Up, Hanson, town, town, yeah, 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 absolutely, no, absolutely. So, but the message was there. I want to pay homage to the South End because they've been good to me. What are, you, what are you doing out there in the East End then, man? Yeah, come on, bro. What's up? I, well, my wife. Tell her. But look, look, oh, listen, before we leave, before we leave. <laughs> hey, Maggie, come on now. Maggie, come on. Li- listen, I met her. Her mother graduated from Fairdale. She went to Holy Rosary and graduated. So she came out, listen, and her dad was from Shavley. So I met a, I met an East End girl whose roots, Watsonville, Watsonville. Watsonville. That's all go. my wife's family. But uh, so I met a East End girl who has South End roots. It, it was a match made in heaven. I was, there you go. They, and they're all musically inclined. It could have been better. I was like, I was like, this has got to be the girl that I got to be with. You know, as she, for better or worse, is probably worse than her part. But <laughs> anyway. So Neil, but, your brother had one of the best Holy Rosary jokes I ever heard. Uh-oh. We had an intern at work and we went out for God Friday after drinks one time and Talking about where you went to school and everything. And I think that she went to Holy Rosary. It might have been another Catholic mm-hmm. school. I think it was Holy Rosary. And your brother said, oh, every Holy Rosary girl I've ever known has only been for one night. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know. 
But that's not Maggie. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's Listen, for life. It's for life. She, she's kind of like my cousin. She's like, you're leaving. Listen, that's what she is. You're leaving money on the table. You need to be doing this. You're doing that. I'm like, girl, I just want to play music. You know? I'm, not, I'm not good at the other stuff. I'm not even good at this. I was so yeah, worried. Yeah, was terrible. I was, this is awful. I was worried coming here. I'm time. like, I'm like, I'm not a good uh, interview. Is like, you know, like I don't know. But thankfully, thankfully, you all infused bourbon in me. You so infused that, bourbon. That kind of helped me out a little bit. You did so, that. So, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. No, this is a great setup, guys. Well, since we're learning, I want everybody to take note that George is like, I, I, you know, I'm just not a natural songwriter. I can't really write songs. It's just real That's hard. True. And then he's That's like, true. one day before I went to work, I thought I need to write a song about the South End. And then he wrote this song. And so he let's... said the same thing about the Hill. This yeah. is one of those songs just, that just came just, to me. It just know? fell out because I was like, I need to write a song about the Hill. <laughs> but but the guys, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Now, now these days, I'm still writing the same songs. I'm home. I think I'm going to put an album, a concept album out of the same song in different keys. You know, I'll, I'll get, listen, I'll get a lot of good musicians. They'll make me sound really Good, you know. There you go. That's all you need. Yes. Well, George, man, I finally, I'm glad we finally got oh, you thank, in here. Hey, listen, thank you all so much. Again, driving yeah. here is down memory lane coming up, coming up Mitchell Hill Road. And uh, no, you guys are awesome. And, and, oh, before, I want to tell y'all, thank y'all so much for coming out to the BA Colonial, seeing me yeah. that one night. Oh, yeah. that, I had so much fun that night. Thank y'all so much. I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody. I, I love, listen, but I love, everybody's like, oh, I love to talk to everybody. It's like they're wasting their time to come out to see me. You know what I'm saying? No, seriously, seriously I know what it means. Like getting babysitters, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get out there. I want to thank everybody. And I don't think I got a chance to thank y'all. Uh, long enough, time. But I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and we, we don't need babysitters anymore. I, I believe <laughs> nah, child abuse at this they point. Can. They can stay at home by themselves. We're going to break all this down do some one shots now. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. And here we are going out to the south end of town. South end of town Where a lot of good rednecks And no country boys can be found Driving those back roads And making homemade wine Ain't got a lot of money But somehow they get by In the south end of town Cowboy boots Blue collar roots a work truck and a drive A little piece of land Hard working hands but Don't put them down, hoss Cause you don't know what it's about In the south end of town That's where my rooms can be found A lot of drunken Friday nights And a few friendly fights I've seen a bug make a few boys wise Break out that moonshine from a mason jar I break out my six-string 